Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. This week's message is by Steve Fowler. Hey, uh, we all make lots of choices, a lot of decisions, and some of them are big and some of them are small. Uh, a small one might be like, you know, you're getting up in the morning, you're going to have breakfast, and you're wondering, should I have Cheerios or Captain Crunch? Well, easy, Captain Crunch. You're watching a football game, um, and you're wondering, should I cheer for the Seahawks or should I cheer for the Patriots? Proof that there really is such a thing as a stupid question. <laughs> Mac or PC? Really? I mean, those are easy, kind of quick decisions. They don't have, uh, the, the choices don't have that big of a consequence. And, and then there's the bigger decisions, you know, decisions such as, uh, should I quit my job and move across the country? Um, should I stay in that relationship with that particular person? Uh, which college should I be going to? Uh, there's been so many uh, offers um, there's big decisions that we have, big choices that we make in life. And as a pastor on Easter morning, I would just say to you that one of the most significant choices that you will make in life has to do with the person of Jesus. Now, Jesus made some very bold claims. Some would say he made, he made some outrageous claims. Now, listen to a few of them as I, as I read them uh, for you. They'll, they'll be up on the screen here. Um, here's what Jesus has said. In one case in John chapter 3, he says, Whoever believes in the Son has life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life. Again, Jesus says, If you do not believe that I am who I claim to be, you will indeed die in your sins. Here's a doozy. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. These are bold and outrageous claims by Jesus. And maybe your reaction as you hear them is like, man, who's this guy I think he is? Um, and maybe that is your thought. Maybe you thought that in the past. Uh, but if you thought that, uh, you know, you're not alone because, in fact, some of the people who encountered Jesus in his day thought that very thing. I mean, who does this guy think he is? Jesus goes around and he's forgiving sins. And who's this guy think he is? God, that he's forgiving sins? Um, and, and so people wondered, you know, and asked that question about Jesus. Who do you think you are, Jesus? What's interesting is that Jesus actually turned that question around on itself. And he posed that question to others. Jesus actually said to people, who do you think that I am? Who do you say that I am? And he wanted to know how people were responding to him. And on this Easter morning, what I want to do is I want to look at the story uh, of Jesus in these last, these last days uh, of his crucifixion and, and his resurrection and, and talk about a few of the responses that people had to Jesus as they encountered him. So we're going, to, we're going to be doing that by what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to pop around Salem a little bit, and uh, we're going to be on site. And, and as we're on site in some places, it gives us a little bit of insight. But we're going to look at the responses, look at three vignettes, and just pose the questions of the responses that people have about Jesus and how they might impact you and I today on this Easter morning. So here we go. 
When it comes to responding to the question that Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? One of the people who answered that question so clearly was Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' best friends. There were 12 disciples, and then there was the, the inner three, the core, Peter, James, and John. And Peter had some, um, some amazing experiences with Jesus. Uh, it was Peter who walked on water with Jesus. It was Peter who was with Jesus when he healed a child and brought him back from the dead. And it was Peter, James, and John who were on a mountaintop with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, and uh, they heard the audible voice of God. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. I mean, Peter had the inside track with Jesus. He saw the miracles. He was a best friend. Yet when it came to the night that Jesus was arrested, uh, it was around a fire that Peter had gathered. And around that fire, he did something just kind of odd for a guy who was, well, he was, he was called the rock. He was the guy that everyone counted on. And um, well, he, he distanced himself from Jesus on that night. Distancing yourself from someone in these days with the coronavirus uh, thing going on in our world is something we've all been talking about, socially distancing. And, and Peter did that very same thing with Jesus. Jesus was arrested and to be associated closely with Jesus uh, was risky. In, in a moment of self-preservation, as Peter is around a fire and people are asking questions and they're looking at him and they're saying, hey, uh, aren't, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? And Peter's like, no, nah, you must have got mistaken for somebody else. And, and then, ah, wait a minute, you, you've got this Galilean accent. And Peter again denies that he knows Jesus or has anything to do with Jesus. And and then another time it's asked again and Peter is calling curses down himself saying, I don't know the man. And if you know the story, a rooster crows, which, which captures Peter's attention because Jesus had said this very night, Peter, you're going to deny that you even know me. And Peter was heartbroken. He'd done the unthinkable. He'd distanced himself from Jesus. You know, as you think about responding to Jesus, I wonder if this Easter 2020 that maybe you're watching and something like that's happened in your life. You started out, you, were, you had a close relationship with Jesus and um, maybe your, your grandparents or your parents took you to church. You were in Sunday school or uh, you went to youth group and uh, you went on missions trips and uh, you, were, you were really close to Jesus and you might even say we were really good friends. But over time, for a variety of reasons, you've distanced yourself. Um, obviously, if this is you, it's, it's different circumstances than it was for Peter. Uh, Peter was just trying to save his life. And maybe for you, it's just that. Ah, there just was this natural separation. Or maybe there's a, there's a belief that Jesus has that you struggle with. And, um, and for whatever reason, you've just distanced yourself from Jesus. When it comes to Peter's story, one of the reasons I love Easter is because when the news is going viral about the resurrection of Jesus, that he's alive and people have seen him, um, it, people are just, they're just amazed and the news is traveling so fast. And 
Um, and, and then Jesus appears again and he says to some women disciples to, to go and get the, uh, the, the 12 and tell them to meet him in Galilee. And he specifically says, tell the, tell the disciples and Peter to meet me in Galilee. I love that part of the resurrection story because even though Peter has distanced himself from Jesus, when he's resurrected, when he's conquered to death and he's risen, he specifically wants a relationship with Peter restored. And I wonder this Easter, if that's not the same thing that he's wanting to do in your life. In effect, saying to you, come home, come home. I don't, I don't care where you've been, I don't care how much you've done or what you think you, you, you've done that maybe would even further s separate you or distance you from me. I want that friendship restored. Hey, let's head off to our next scene here and uh, there's another response I want us to look at. scene that I'd love for us to just uh, look at for a moment is the scene in which Jesus is being crucified and the Gospels tell us that Jesus he's not being crucified alone there's actually two criminals uh, two revolutionaries that are crucified with Jesus one on each side of him his cross is in the middle two crosses one on each side two criminals and in this moment as you think about responses you got two contrasting responses to who Jesus is. See, in this crucifixion moment, one of the criminals is talking. He's just hours from death. He says to Jesus, so you're the Messiah, are you? I mean, if you are who you say you are, why don't you save yourself? And while you're at it, why don't you save us too? It's an interesting moment because... I mean, again, this man is hours from death and he just seems kind of hard hearted that in this in this moment where he you, know, you could be just crying out to God, begging for mercy. And and he's just sort of kind of scoffing at Jesus, kind of like, you know, if I were God, this is what I would do. I mean, if I were the Messiah, I, I mean, I'd pop off that cross and I'd show everybody who I was and. Maybe this Easter, you're someone who is thinking, you know, well, if, if I were God, then <laughs> this is what I would do. And it's fascinating because in that moment, I'm sure he thinks the most impressive thing that Jesus could do would be come off that cross and prove to everyone that he is who he says he is. And yet we have to remember that, you know, God is just, he's just a little bit smarter than us, perhaps a lot smarter. Because as impressive as that would be, Actually, Jesus, he's going to a tomb and that's where he's going to have his moment. He's not going to pop off a cross. He's going to walk out of a grave. Maybe this Easter you've had some thoughts in your mind about what God should do or how he should do it. And maybe this scene would sort of help you recenter some of your thinking about maybe, maybe God does have a plan that's a little more effective, you know, like conquering death 
so that death can't have its hold on us. I mentioned there was a, another criminal. This guy is kind of scoffing at Jesus and saying, man, if you are who you say you are, come off that cross and save yourself and save us. And the other guy responds by saying, don't you fear God? I mean, we're getting what we deserve. We're getting punishment for the, the crimes that we have done. This man, he's innocent. And in this moment, he then starts speaking to Jesus and says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I love Jesus' response. This guy, it's obvious he has not lived the life that would earn anything other than the punishment that he's getting on a cross. But Jesus looks at him and says, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Maybe this Easter 2020 is an Easter of many Easter's in which you're just celebrating the great news that you're, you have a friendship with God. You have, a, you have a relationship with Jesus. And this assurance that when you take your last breath here on earth and your first breath in heaven, you're going to be in paradise with him. This is what Jesus promises us, that even in suffering, that there is a future hope. And and maybe this Easter, maybe your heart's a little bit softened towards God. Maybe you've been thinking about kind of what, what is happening after this life, what the realities of what's going on in our world. You're starting to think, you're starting to ask questions that you haven't asked before. Well, here's two guys, one hours from death, still not really thinking about those realities. And yet another man, this guy arrogant, this guy humble, realizing he needs mercy. Perhaps this Easter, maybe this Easter, you would think about asking for that same mercy that one thief asked for. And if you were to do that, I can assure you what Jesus would say to you. He'd say, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Let's head to our next spot and look at the next response that someone has to Jesus' claims. last person I want to introduce you to is a guy named Thomas. He's better known as Doubting Thomas, one of Jesus' disciples. And he knows that Jesus has been crucified. And on Easter morning, as the news is traveling, it's like it's viral. The news is traveling about Jesus being resurrected from the dead. Um, the disciples are hearing about it and the news is spreading and Thomas hears about it. And when he hears it, he, he's not buying it. I mean, people don't walk out of graves. I mean, maybe this is something you've even thought. And in fact, when the disciples are telling him that they've actually seen Jesus themselves, his response is, look, I'm not buying this and, um, and, and I'm not believing this unless I see Jesus for myself, unless I put these fingers in the wounds in his hands and unless I put my hand in the wound in his side. Well, fast forward a little bit later in the day and uh, the disciples are having a meal and Jesus appears. He's there and he's making eye contact with, with Thomas and, uh, and, he, and he sees him and he says, Thomas, come here. And Thomas, he invites Thomas to put 
his fingers into his nail wounds in his hands. And then Jesus invites Thomas to put his hands into the wound in his side. I love the painting by a guy named Caravaggio who imagines this scene in his mind. And as you see this painting, I, the look of just shock and just amazement in Thomas's face. And then the countenance of Jesus just willingly allowing Thomas to see for himself that indeed he's alive. Thomas's response is, my Lord and my God. <laughs> and then Jesus says, you believe because you've seen, blessed are those who haven't seen and they still yet believe. What I love about this response of Thomas is that, you know, he wasn't buying it to begin with. When, when the news about Jesus being resurrected from the, from the dead is, is out there and uh, uh, he's just not buying it and, he, and he's, he needs some facts, he needs some details, he needs some proof. And, and, and maybe you're there and, uh, and that's something you're thinking as well. And one of the things I love about this story is that, that Jesus is not afraid to be investigated. Look, we're here on a university campus. This is a place where people come and, you know, their, their core convictions when they leave high school and they come to uh, a campus like this one, uh, those core convictions sometimes can be challenged and, and people are encouraged to ask questions, to, to really dig in and find out for themselves and professors will poke and prod. And, um, and when it comes to matters of faith, this is where faith is often challenged is on a university ca campus. And, you know, from Thomas's story, one of the things I love is that Jesus is okay with that. He's, he's okay with a closer look. He's okay with someone examining and poking and prodding. In fact, he held out his hands and said, Thomas, put your finger in there. Feel it for yourself. Maybe this Easter, as you consider your response that Jesus is, is, as he poses the question, who do you say that I am? Maybe this Easter, it's time for you to poke and prod a little bit to take a closer look. Maybe like Thomas, you said, you said, I, I, I'm not buying this. This Easter, Jesus is saying, hey, take a closer look because I'm not afraid to be investigated. So I, I just want you to see it as an invitation on this Easter 2020 to come take a closer look. So we, we've seen some of the responses to, uh, to Jesus. Uh, we've looked at Peter's response and how he had, he had distanced himself, sort of an act of self-preservation uh, when things got tough with Jesus. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering that in, maybe in your life, again, that you maybe you had a closer friendship with God, you had a closer walk with Jesus, and yet there's been some distancing. Um, and... Um, maybe a response, uh, maybe a choice that you would want to make in these days is to, is to come home. That there's a Jesus who, even though you've made some decisions, um, you've distanced yourself, he's, he's calling your name and say, I want you to be with me. We looked at the, the thief on the cross, actually the two thieves. And we have that one thief who's, even though he knows he's just hours from death, he's, he's mocking and scoffing. And, and then there's the other thief who is responding to Jesus and just acknowledging his own shortcomings, realizing he's getting what he deserves. 
And he begs for mercy, and Jesus gives him what he doesn't deserve. That's one of the responses. And maybe, maybe that's the response you made years ago, where on this Easter, this is a reminder of the fact that you begged for mercy, that you showed humility, and this is a day of reminding you of the celebration, the fact that you can sing hallelujah. You can just praise, praise God because that relationship with God has been made right. Or maybe it's, it's just like that other thief realizing that, you know, um, there are the hard realities of life, and maybe there's a decision you need to be making about Jesus today. And lastly, there was Thomas, the guy who said, hey, unless I see with my eyes uh, Jesus, and unless I see the wounds in his hands, and I put my fingers in him, and unless I see that wound in his side, and put my hand in his side, I'm not in, I'm out. Uh, Thomas' response is like, yeah, and I, I got to see it to believe it, and um, maybe when it comes to the person of Jesus, um, you just need to do a little bit more investigating. And can I just say to you that Jesus is not afraid to be investigated. In fact, he encourages it. So maybe, maybe your response on this Easter morning is to consider the claims of Jesus and dig a little bit deeper and uh, see if he is saying, uh, speaking things that are true uh, just matching the claims that he's that he's made about himself. So maybe it's you've you've wandered, and Jesus is saying, "Come home." He's calling your name, or maybe it's just something you've mocked or scoffed at. It's a reality. Maybe I just, maybe maybe that's a different posture. Maybe I need to take a posture of humility and, like that other thief, just ask for mercy, knowing the hard realities of life. Or maybe it's investigation. You know, there's a lot of people who are part of Sam Alliance Church or the larger churches meeting globally who have heard the claims of Jesus and they have responded to him. I want you to hear this story. Uh, Michelle tells her story of how she heard about Jesus and how she responded to these bold claims of Jesus and how her life shifted. Uh, enjoy this video as she tells her story to us. Man, life before Jesus, I did not grow up going to church. Um, we did Sunday mornings hanging out at the house. My parents played golf. My brother and I were at home watching Lost in Space, warning Will Robinson, just kind of, that was Sunday mornings for us. Uh, while my parents had a church involvement when they were younger, it wasn't part of our routine. Senior year, there were a lot of family things going on in my life where I was kind of just questioning identity and who I could trust and who are people I could um, lean into and ask questions of and feeling like that was just kind of this empty hole for me. I was a person who was always like that for other people. <laughs> you know, if I had friends who were having problems or things going on, they would come and see me and talk to me, and I'd process and listen and be available. But when it came to these places where I was wrestling with things, I didn't feel like I had that same kind of freedom. Um, in the midst of senior year, I had a friend call me. Uh, okay, it was a guy that I liked. Um, and he called and he's like, hey, what are you doing tonight? And at that point, I just wanted to be out of my house. And he took me to a campus life club, which is really similar to Young Life in this area, this place where people can go and hear things about life and things that are going on, but how the Bible relates to that, how faith relates to that. And all of those ideas were new to me, um, ideas of trust, ideas of, um, of a God who is constant, ideas of um, someone who's willing to be with you in places that are hard. That was all completely foreign. So go forward a couple months, it's Christmas break, and they had a trip, they went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, 
and it was a conference, and we're at this conference, and the guy who spoke spoke a couple different nights, and the first night he talked about Christmas and what Christmas was, and so I told the Christmas story, and I'm hearing about God and how personal he is, and I came to earth and all this stuff, and it's this mind-blowing, like, I've never heard this kind of thing before. And then the next night he starts off, he's like, okay, last night we talked about Christmas, but tonight we're gonna talk about Easter. He's like, I know that seems weird at Christmas, but it's the continuation of the story. And he starts to explain not only did Jesus come, but what he did for us and how much he loved for us and cared for us and died for us. And, and it was in that that I started to think, is there something about this God that I've heard about? <laughs> this isn't just someone or something that's out there, but someone who really loves and cares for me and sees me and knows me. And so the next day I'm sitting in our room, um, it started snowing, I'm sitting in our hotel room and I'm looking out the window and I'm watching the snowfall and a friend comes in and she's like, you look like you're thinking about a lot. And she spent the next four hours <laughs> listening to all of my questions that I had. Tell me, tell me about who Jesus, tell me about the Bible, tell me about all these different things. Um, and then that turned into a, this is where I am in my life and these are the things that are hard. And she was the first person who just sat and listened and said, I'm sorry for the situation that you're in and you're not alone. And so that night at the conference, they were like, do you want to be in a relationship with this Jesus? Do you want to know him? Do you want to do life with him? And I was like, that's me. I am all in. I knew at that point that something was different. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't put all the words to it, but I knew that there was a peace that I had that I'd never had before. I knew that I wasn't alone. <laughs> The interesting part was over the next couple months, my friends saw changes in me. After coming to know Jesus, I was just, I had joy that I hadn't had and they saw that in me. Um, while I had been pretty decent with moral choices and whatever, as my friends were engaging in things that I wouldn't, um, a group of friends would start picking on me about it and another group of friends would start saying, don't give her a hard time, we wish we were making the choices that she was making. And so it was this where, place where, again, I didn't completely understand in those early years, what I had done and what I was experiencing for the first time. But little by little, God was changing things in me and making me different. So since knowing Jesus, <laughs> um, I've been in these places where I know regardless of the things that I'm facing, I'm never alone. I know that things aren't always gonna be easy, but I can always trust him. Um, so you can be sitting there listening to my story and going, I feel like I'm alone. <laughs> Nobody really cares. Or you could be sitting there going, I have lots of questions, and I wish someone could answer those for me. Or you could be in a place where you're like, I really wish I knew that Jesus was real. And so for each of those, I just encourage you to start asking. Either ask him, spend some time talking to him and just saying, God, will you show yourself to me? Or just pouring your heart out to him. Find a friend or someone to ask questions of. Um, but really listen in to try to see what God could be saying to you to show you just how much he really cares and loves you. I love Michelle's story because it's just the real stuff of life. Nothing super dramatic, just someone who'd never heard about Jesus, who encountered Jesus. And on this Easter morning, maybe you're watching and you've never really thought much about who Jesus is. And as I've shared some of the responses, even some of his bold claims, um, maybe there's something in you that would just love to learn a little bit more. And I just want to lay out why, why we celebrate on Easter. Here's our story. Uh, and you're going to see some of these, these, uh, these graphics on the screen here that, that help explain the story. See, at the beginning, when God created uh, earth, the heavens and the earth, um, God and humanity had a perfect relationship. 
The Bible tells us that Adam and Eve were created by God and they lived in the perfect environment. They had the perfect job. They were the CEO of creation. God trusted them to steward uh, creation. Um, and they had the perfect friendship with God. I mean, imagine that. Perfect creation environment, perfect job, perfect friendship with God. But uh, even though they were close together, um, that friendship was broken. Um, Adam and Eve were told that they can do anything they wanted. There's this one thing they couldn't do, and that is eat fruit from a certain tree. And yet they did it. And, and, and there created this, this separation between them and, and God. Now, I think we can understand this because in human relationships, we know really well that when someone offends us, that someone does something wrong or, or, or does something that hurts us, that that breaks the friendship of the relationship as well. It's the same with God. There, there's a gap that's created. And, and I, I think that each of us understand this on a human level. And the reality is, is that oftentimes we try to, to bridge that gap. We, we do things to make things right in our human relationships. And we do the same thing with God. Um, and we will do things like uh, we want to, you know, we'll, do, we'll be nice, we'll be kind, or we'll, uh, we'll, you know, give money to those who are poor and, and, you know, give the charities. In some cases, what we do in trying to repair that broken relationship with God is that we'll even be religious. We'll try and, you know, maybe go to church or uh, pray a little bit. And, and really our approach is that we'll try and do more good than bad, and hopefully that will sort of heal the relationship. But the, the Bible tells us uh, is this. The Bible tells us that all of that stuff falls short. That, that it's impossible for anyone to, to live the life that God requires us to live. And actually, the hard reality, the hard news, the bad news that we have to understand before we can understand the good news of Easter is that all of our shortcomings, this separation, God said, leads to death. Physical death, we know the, the hard realities of that, especially in this season of our lives. And we also uh, hear from God that it's physical death and spiritual death. That yes, there are, there are eternal consequences for those who reject Jesus. Now, that, that may sound like, a, well, why, why would God ever do that? And, and that just sounds like it's such a, such a strong move on His part. And can I just say to you that that's why He sent His Son. That literally Jesus is saying, over my dead body, do I want you to experience that kind of eternal separation from the Father? That's him on the cross. Over my dead body, do I want this to happen to you? And, and this is what kicks in the good news. See, God sends his son, Jesus. Jesus lives the life that you and I couldn't live. Perfect life. Sinless life. And... And yet, because we are a people who are sinful, there's consequences to pay. Jesus, he actually pays our sin debt for us. He is nailed to a cross and he pays our price. He, he lives the life that we never could live. And then he dies the death that you and I should have died. And then he says, if anyone will believe if anyone believe that I am God's son, if anyone by faith will ask me for forgiveness and make me the leader of their life, lead the old way of life and follow in this new life, this new way that I'm, that I'm laying out for you, well, then they can be reunited with God. They, they can actually cross over and be reconciled to God. 
Now, this is the good news of Easter morning. That yes, on Good Friday, Jesus was, he, he substituted himself and he died a horrible death. But he did it so that you and I wouldn't have to die. And then he conquered death so that when you and I take our last breath here on earth, we get to take our first breath in heaven. And he's telling you this is available to you. And can I just ask the question that he asks, who do you say that he is? Do you believe that he is God's son? And are you going to receive this free gift, this gift of life that he's offering, that he's paid for so that you can be reconciled to the Father. All you have to do is admit that the relationship between you and God is broken. All you have to do is believe, ask Him to forgive you, to lift the guilt and shame off your life, and then be willing to leave that old life of sin and now start walking in the way of Jesus. I'm going I'm to pray for us, and maybe you're watching today, and this is the first time it's made sense to you, and there's something in, in these days that's maybe captured your attention about who, who God might be, and um, you're ready to, to make that, to heal that relationship with, with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to pray a prayer. Um, maybe you're not ready to go there, but you're more like Thomas, like, nah, I need more information. All right. I got a step for you as well. But first of all, I just want to, I want to pray. And let's just, uh, for those of you who are watching, ready to do this, um, it's time to make things right with God. So let's pray. And I'm just going to give you some prompts and you just put those into your own words and pray together. You can say something like this, like, Jesus, I, I admit that um, I have done things that have offended you and there's been a separation between you who you are and who I am. You put that in your own words. And God, today I, I on this Easter morning 2020, I just want to say I, I believe. I believe uh, who you say you are. And I believe that God sent you and you lived a perfect life. And, and I ask you to forgive me. You can pray that and put that in your own words. And now, God, I, I want to leave that old life, and I, I want that, that shame and that guilt to be lifted off of me, and I, I want to walk in a new life, the life that, that you've called people to live in. And don't know all that that means, but um, that's my desire today. Would you pray that prayer in your own words? And now would you invite Jesus to be the leader of your life? Now, Lord, you, you say in your word that if anyone believes and puts their faith in you by your grace, by that faith expressed in you and by grace, they will be saved. That sin debt is paid. You pay for it on the cross. You did say to the world, over my dead body, that you stay separated from the Father. And better than that, on Easter, you walked out of the grave and you conquered death. So I thank you, though, for those who have prayed this prayer today with sincerity. I, I thank you that you have given them new life. Now, fill them with your spirit. Pour out your spirit on them. Seal them with your spirit. And may you even fill them with joy. 
Lord, as today they enter into this new life that you have for them. I pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, this morning, if, if that's something you did, one of the most important things you do is, 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 is tell somebody. Now, if we were in our worship center and in, our, in a normal building, um, we invite people to uh, come to our cross. They, they, they take a, a white ribbon, they write their name on it, and they nail it on the cross, and the place goes nuts. We just go crazy. We start clapping and cheering for those who are making this really significant decision. It's a life-changing decision. It's a forever decision. And um, if you've made that decision today, I, I, here's what I want to say to you. Uh, today, what you could do is you could just, um, you could get a piece of paper, write your name on it, and, um, and, and kids, if, if you've done this with your parents, so you could have a conversation with them if that's something that you want to do as well. You could write your name on a piece of paper, and maybe later when we're back at Sam Alliance, you could take that piece of paper or grab one of those white ribbons when we're back there, and you could pound it in the cross. Or today, if you're watching, you could, um, on Facebook, you go to our Facebook page at Sam Lance uh, Church and um, it, just make a comment that you, uh, you've, you've begun this new relationship with Jesus. Or you could take a selfie holding your piece of paper with your name on it, hold it and you could make a comment and, and put, put that picture up on Facebook, on our Facebook page. And uh, there are going to be all kinds of people celebrating with you if that's, uh, if that's what you've done today. Uh, we'd love to celebrate with you in, in that way. We'd love it also if you'd email us at thecross at salemalliance.org to tell us you've done that. And we've got ways to help you grow in your friendship with God. Um, and we just want to celebrate this amazing thing that Jesus has done for you today. And you may be watching as well. And you might, again, you might be like Thomas and saying, you know, ah, unless I see, unless I touch, uh, I'm, I'm not sure about this. And again, I just want to say to you, Jesus is not afraid to be investigated. One of the ways we do that at Sam Alliance is we have groups, and there's a group called Alpha Group, and it's simply for people like Thomas who need more information, who want a closer look at Jesus. And if you're interested in all, at all in joining us uh, in an Alpha Group, um, we'd love it if you'd let us know. We'd love to invite you, have you be part of that. Seeking and, and, and kind of investigating Jesus is highly encouraged. Again, Jesus is not afraid for you to sort of just take a closer look at him. So at that same email address, thecross at salemalliance.org, uh, you could email us and say, yeah, I, 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 I want to investigate. We, and give us some information on how we can get back to you. That, that would be really, really awesome. Um, and we'd love to help you in your, your new journey with Jesus. In this season, I, I just, again, want to say thank you to you for those of you who responded and sent those pictures in, made those comments um, for letting us know you want to be part of one of our alpha groups. also want to say to you, some of you, you identify with, with Peter's story, and there's been that gap. You, you had a close friendship with God at some point in time, and, uh, and he's, he's called your name, and, and today you're making the decision to just come home. We'd love it if you'd email us as, as well, thecross at salemalliance.org, so we can pray with you. Um, we're, right now, we're live streaming every weekend, 9.30 on Sunday. Uh, next week, we're starting a new series called House Arrest. Uh, it kind of captures maybe what some of us are feeling in these days uh, in this coronavirus chapter of our lives. Um, and uh, I want to encourage you uh, to join us, whether this is a a new day for you in Jesus, or you're a regular tenor of Sam Alliance, or you're investigating, or you're hearing the call of Jesus to come home. Uh, join us next weekend here at 930. 
uh, as we enter into this new series called, called House Arrest. Um, and as you enter into this next week on this, uh, on this Easter morning, I just want to bless you. I am so grateful that you've been with us. And um, if you've got things you'd love us to pray about, uh, if you go to our webpage, you'll see a little tab there. It's going to be on the screen here. It says prayer support. Pretty self-explanatory. We've got people who would love to pray with you. If you want to call and have someone pray for you, call back. Um, leave that information there as well. And as you go into this next week, I just bless you with the good news that our Christ is risen and that He's alive. May His presence go with you as you go into this next week. Grace and peace to you. Have a terrific day. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.